0: Well, as we begin uh, 2023, uh, Jared, Robbie, and I, uh, we uh, have joined with our leadership team of our congregation to encourage all of us to uh, be a part of a program we're calling Core 52. And in sermons, in small groups, and in devotional readings, we're really wanting to, to engage in deepening your biblical um experience uh how you engage in the scripture and uh, we think that this program called core 52 if you spend 15 minutes a day five days a week uh for the entire year you're really going to find yourself uh engaged deeply in the word of god which we think benefits your your spirit your soul um you know, just like CrossFit is good for physical fitness, we think Core 52 is really going to r- enrich our spiritual fitness. We are offering, as a part of this, a book called Core 52. Uh, we hope that you've picked it up. We ran out last week, so if you wait until after the service last week, you went to the office window, they had all sold out. However... We did buy a big batch, and it came in this week. So if you haven't gotten yours already, we purchased 350 initially. We added another, I think, 75 uh, and we're selling them for uh, just $10 a piece. It's, it's a deal, okay? And uh, what also comes with the book is critical, is the bookmark. Because the bookmark tells you what week we're on, because we're not going sequentially through the book. We're not starting page one and marching our way through. We're jumping around really based on the year. So we started off our new year, uh, Robbie did in here, with the whole point of radical change. And he looked at Romans chapter chapter 12, and we're doing memory verses each week. And so the first one was, do not be conformed by the standards of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, okay? That we get so much toxicity in our society. Don't be conformed to those toxic, toxic standards, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That was week one. Last week, uh, we looked at the whole nation of what it is to be free. Uh, you want to be really what God wants you, what wants you to be. And that means we looked in that verse out of Romans chapter eight. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans chapter 8. So this week, we're kind of going to this goal of how we can be truly wise. Okay, There's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Okay, How is it that we find real wisdom that God wants to bless our lives with? So... Uh, that our memory verse is going to come out of Roman or Proverbs chapter one uh, verse 7. And I would like I, I'd like audience participation a little bit here. If you can read with me uh, Proverbs 1, verse 7, which is our memory verse, ready? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay? That's Proverbs 1 uh seven so that's your memory verse we're asking you to kind of put in here uh we hope that by the end of 52 weeks you're gonna really have some really scripture that i hope is going to be burned in there so that when crisis or issues come up you can kind of draw upon that pretty quick so the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge okay so i just want to start with this prayer lord may the words of my mouth and meditations of each of our hearts we're going to find that they're found loving and acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are a rock. You are our redeemer. Amen. Okay, I just want a quick question. When life is confusing, when you're seeking kind of guidance in a variety of kind of issues that you are facing, to where do you turn? Uh, where do you turn for guidance or for instruction or for wisdom? You know, um, you know, there was a season when families were all pretty close by. You had aunts and uncles and grandparents and sometimes even great grandparents that when something would come up, you could kind of lean on a little bit in that regard. So some people, they looked for family to seek uh, that uh, kind of guidance in the midst of the confusing moments of life. But you know, families have been so dispersed just geographically. Uh, And while we do have some wonders of technology, it's one thing to, you know, have a FaceTime experience and another to really kind of sit down over a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and really engage in some of those big confusing issues that we all encounter. I mean, life has its wounds. Where do we turn for guidance? Well, some people, uh, you know, their families are distant, and so they turn to friends. And friends are great. Okay, our friends give us encouragement, our friends can be very empathetic, our our friends can maybe think of things that we haven't thought of, friends are great. But you know, the reality is most of our friends are contemporaries, right? And, And they don't have some of the life kind of experiences that just kind of come about. And so our friends are great, but a lot of times they can't provide much of the wisdom that we seek for our guidance on life's big issues. So, you know, there's, uh, there's all kinds of media. I mean, some people, in the absence of uh, family or friends, they go to Dr. Phil, you know. How's that working for you? Um, you know, Or other kind of uh, people like Ask Amy. You can write a syndicated note in to find out what you should do on a host of life issues. Others, you know, the Internet's awesome. It can do a lot of things. Uh, you can ask Google or Alexa, Practically anything. So I asked in preparation for this message this week, I, I said, hey, Google, uh, what is the wisdom for today? And the voice came back from the box and said, be true to yourself. You know, I mean, this is kind of a little trite saying. My favorite, though, was when uh, this one person was looking for guidance in, in the travails and issues of life, that they would order Chinese takeout and uh, in the little fortune cookie that would come they'd crack it open and they would find the answers on the chinese fortune cookie yeah i mean there is a whole there's no lack of people wanting to offer guidance or suggestions or what would be the c- kind of correct course of life i mean there was a season when you wanted answers You'd go to the reference library, the reference librarian. But, you know, nowadays, uh, all of our kids, I mean, they can pull in their pockets almost the answer to anything. If you don't have it on your phone, you can just ask your smart speaker, you know, what's the answer to this? There's no lack of knowledge. Just a quick question, or a quick um, survey. I'm old, you know, um, I'm looking around, nearly one of the oldest ones here in the room, but um, Uh, I when I was growing up a TV show that meant a lot to me was Cheers you know Um, uh, the show said everyone knows your name okay and uh, one of the uh, most uh, well-known figures of Cheers was Cliff Clavin you know he was the uh, mail carrier and Cliff knew everything He was the repository for every useless bit of trivia known to humanity, right? I mean, he just could spout it off. I mean, long before Google, long before Alexa, there was Cliff. And Cliff had a high IQ, okay, intelligence quotient. But, you know, we all quickly discern there's a big difference between IQ and EQ, EQ is emotional intelligence, emotional quotient, what maybe others might in an earlier age call wisdom, okay? To be able to read the room well. Uh, We all know people in our lives, they're really smart, okay? You put them on uh, the scale and they could test out of anything. But you know, they make still poor choices. You choose poorly. (laughs) And what is the difference between intelligence and wisdom? Well, you know, I think the Bible, I think, gives us a lot of guidance in that. Um, You know, the Bible has a whole set of what are called proverbs. And these proverbs are time-honored They really are what I call God-inspired, time-honored, God-inspired. And and that's really what we're going to be kind of looking at uh, on our focus today. And so I put a quote up um, uh, by Mark Moore, who wrote Core 52, which we're working from, and he said this, Wisdom in the Bible is the ability to practically live out God's truth in a way that brings health to you to your family, and to your community. That's what wisdom is. Practical. okay. Uh, uh, live out God's truth in a way that is in there. Okay, so as you turn to the scripture, you turn, look into the Bible, you will see uh, that there is this really search to be in line with wisdom. The Hebrew word there is chokhmah, uh, and chokmah is often personified as a woman, actually, as a kind of lady wisdom. And lady wisdom, uh, uh, really, as you dig into the scripture, uh, has different characteristics. Here's the first, that this um, wisdom of God is to be able to discern, I want you to hear this, you forget everything else. Wisdom is to discern what is right by God, what is true to God and what is lasting. Right, true, lasting. Right? I even put it on here, my hand. Right, true, lasting. Okay? And that's what our, our God seeks. Now, oftentimes, we see this wisdom as something that is really depicted in the divine order of creation. Okay? Uh, you know, one of the beautiful things about what the praise team sang today. Uh, uh, so will I, is that this word spoke creation into existence. And that word is something that really reflects kind of the divine order, what God's intention. And so at one level, wisdom is kind of this very order, this uh, wisdom, this word of God, all in one. But here's the other thing that kind of seems different not only is it the divine order of uh creation it's the very mind of god yet hear me out It also has a role of our choice okay about whether we're going to be able uh to appreh- understand it to apprehend it to seek it okay and then choose to go in that way so there's not only the wisdom of the divine order of creation, but there's wisdom for us walking in a path by where we should go. Okay? Here's the other thing about wisdom. It's always going to be practical. Okay? It deals with just the stuff of life. How many of us have ever been angry? <laughs> I think all of us have been angry at one time or another. Uh, and It's how you kind of respond in the midst of anger. How many of us have to struggle with sexual temptation? Wow. I mean, in this world, there's so much of that out there. Uh, the Bible is really going to address that in very practical ways. What about dealing with parents or dealings with siblings or dealings with our core relationship? I think all of us are, are kind of seeking what is right, what is true, what is really practical in life. And that is what a wisdom of God is all about. And so I want you to think, uh, you know, uh, many times we use the term the ivory tower, right? The ivory tower is kind of the esoteric, the kind of theoretical, the people that are dealing way up in the upper reaches. Don't think ivory tower when it comes to God's wisdom. I want you to think Water cooler, (laughs) okay? Not ivory tower, water cooler, very practical life issues by which we face each and every day, okay? So it's practical, and then the other thing, I hope you'll always get about wisdom. It's really intended as a gift to be received. It's something that really can kind of possess us. It's not something we can possess. Do you see the difference? When we possess it some, we can go out and grab it. And contain it and hold it. When we have something possess us, it comes all over our beings, okay? And so I want you to see this wisdom is what possesses us rather than what we can kind of hold on to, that what we can clutch and grasp. Uh, that's that sense of what it is. It's not something you can earn, it's really what you can receive, okay? That's biblical wisdom. And uh, really what it can uh, do for us. Now, here's the thing. That um, uh, in the midst of how we are to live, right, true, um, lasting, right, true, lasting, the core piece of the puzzle of the wisdom of God is found in that verse we just read. Okay? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay? Uh, Fear of the Lord is the beginning uh, of knowledge. And fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now that term, fear of the Lord, it's not separated in the Hebrew. It's just one phrase. And we see that term happen 24 times in the book of Proverbs. Fear of the Lord. Now, many of the times, this is a rather off-putting phrase, uh, especially maybe you grew up in a church, and you know, uh, you need to fear God because you're going to burn, and he's going to smite you, and he's going to strike you down. Uh, there is that sense of, you know, anxiety and dread, and that's oftentimes how we associate fear. I want you to kind of think of it in a different terms. Because the Hebrew concept is much more in the sense of reverence, respect, and awe. I want to say that again. Fear of the Lord is about respect. It's about reverence. It's about awe. In other words, that there is a God, and guess what? You're not it. <laughs> You're not in charge. There is a Savior, and you ain't him. Okay, that all these sense that there is something far bigger than what you can contain in your marrow little box. God blows the doors off of while you want to control God. Okay, so what I hope you get a sense is, first of all, this fear of the Lord is is something that is really about reverence, about awe and respect. And uh, how many of us especially if you have a few years on you, you can see that without respect, how things just fall apart, right? I mean, in schools where you don't have uh, children respecting their teachers, where you don't have parents expect, uh, respecting administrators, where you don't have uh, a sense of respect for any form of authority, And so subsequently, I think just chaos begins to occur. And so what God is really saying is that if you want to get in the very mind of God, you got to cultivate reverence, respect, and a sense of awe. (laughs) There's something bigger than your little box that you can contain uh, in your life. Now, you know, honestly... This concept of fear of the Lord—it's not very popular today. We want to be our parent. We want to be our children's buddy. You know, uh, I've got all these uh, parents that want to be their kids' buddy. I'm like, your kids don't need a buddy. They need a parent. They need somebody to step up and be a sense of where they have respect for, where they have a sense of guidance from. And, and so, fear of the Lord, I think, is something that is really clear. The trouble happens. When you do not cultivate reverence, respect, and awe. So it's not to be a tyrant, instead, it's to be in God's good will. I love what Eugene Peterson says, and the quote I put up there Fear of the Lord is not studying about God, it's rather living in reverence before God. We don't lack so much we we don't so much lack knowledge, we lack reverence. For fear of the Lord Nurtured in worship and prayer, silence and quiet, love and sacrifice turns everything we do into a life of breathing God. <laughs> so I want to kind of end with a sense of uh, some kind of what I call the advantages of cultivating fear of, our li- uh, fear of the Lord in our lives. This comes right from Mark Moore's book that I'm asking you the chapter to read this week. And what Mark Moore says, first of all, when we cultivate fear of God, fear of the Lord, it actually sparks a friendship with God. It's an ironical thing. But he talks about how in Psalm 25, um, or I'm sorry, in yeah, Psalms 25, verse 14, we read this uh, passage of scripture as I finally turn to it. Uh, it says here, Psalms 25, verse 14, the friendship of the Lord. You hear that? Friendship with the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes his covenant known to them. So the first advantage of cultivating fear of the Lord is friendship, a deep abiding friendship with God. But, you know, here's the second piece, that not only does fear of the Lord bring about friendship with God, but ironically, it makes us fearless with all the other stuff of the world. All the powers and the principalities that often capture our attention and which we become fearful of. And what we read about in the Bible is this uh, phrase uh, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 3 Do not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. In other words, whose side are you going to choose? You're going to cultivate fear of the Lord? You're going to sit there and be paralyzed by the fear of this world. Okay, so the irony is you cultivate fear of the Lord, you'll become fearless of all the other things. Here's the next thing that we read about, Uh, the third point. Not only that, the Lord brings about the comfort. A fear of the Lord brings about the comfort of his spirit. We read about this in um, the book of Acts um, chapter 9, verse 31, and it says here, living in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, God increased their numbers. You see this juxtaposition. Living in the fear of the Lord and you also receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And then the next, the, uh, another advantage of living in fear of the Lord is it fosters holiness of how we live in God's righteousness. We read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 when we see this particular passage that Paul says, Since we have these promises, beloved, Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and of the spirit, making holiness perfect in the fear of the Lord. We make holiness perfect in the fear of the Lord. And then the last passage of Scripture that I want to read to you is out of Psalms, chapter 34, where it says in uh, 34, verses 7 through 9, O fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him have no want. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. See, that's the thing, friends. Fear of the Lord will turn into reverence, adoration, and awe. I I go back to what is it where we find a sense of guidance in life? Where is it that we can cultivate reverence and respect and awe? And I think of my own journey. You know, I first came to a relationship with God when I was about 12 years old. And I had read a book, um, and it kind of scared the heck out of me uh, because, you know, I had all these images of kind of what it was like to be in hell and uh, the fires of hell. And, you know, it, you come to a point where you kind of turn to God out of sense, if I don't, there's going to be consequences. But, you know, the irony is is that as time marches on, it moves less from the consequences of really going the ways of the world. Uh, And it goes more into the fruitfulness of what's to be right, true, and lasting with God. What is real wisdom can be uh, about? And uh, I tell folks that I hope that as time marches on, each and every one of us, as we mature in the faith of Jesus Christ, we can have a truly sense of adoration, a sense of reverence, of respect for the authority of God. And when we do so, our life gets so much better. I think we can all see what damage occurs when there is no respect, when there's no reverence, and how boring when there's no awe and reverence to God. Uh, When we cultivate it, we are all much better and um, I want to just end with, uh, you know, how fear of the Lord is something that is a gift. And, and many of you may know the story of John Newton. John Newton was a slave trader in Britain, in England, uh, in the 1700s. He owned a slave ship, but at some point he had a real conviction of how his life turned around, and he... Uh, Really sold uh, his boat. Uh, He gave, uh, set his slaves free, and he then became actually uh, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I do know, you know, John Newton's hymn. Okay, it's called "Amazing Grace." And I'm pretty confident I can say, "Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound! It saved a wretch with by me. I once was lost, but now I'm found." Was but now I see, right? You know it, blind, but now I see. And and we think of this amazing grace that God provides for us. Do you know the second line, second stanza? T'was grace that taught my heart to what? Fear. Fear. (laughs) And grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. And so, my friends, I hope that all of us, uh, as we're going through this discipline of learning God's Word, that all of us can cultivate fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks for giving us so many gifts. The gift of wisdom is something that edifies us and builds us up. And we pray that we can cultivate a sense of adoration, a sense of reverence, a sense of respect and awe, this fear of you that really can sustain us and give our lives order and strength, something that's lasting and true and real. We love you, Lord. We need you. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.